reflecting the enemy's eye and his image is reflecting mine at the same time. I got, I got, I against die. Flesh in my flesh and mind in my mind. Two of a kind, but one won't survive. Right here's where the end gon' start at. Conflict, contact, combat. Fight a sin where the land is marked at. Settle the dispute about who. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio. I'm Weston. With me, as always, to my left, my right-hand man, Lou. Dude, in college, I listened to probably entirely too much of most deaf. I think my roommates would argue entirely way too much. And I have to be honest with you. I thought I've heard all of his songs. I have never heard this song until you suggested it for our opening uh, this evening. Weston, you haven't heard anything yet. Apparently just, not. Just, just, just sit back, relax, and let the good times roll. Just, I'm all about educating and, uh, and entertaining. And that is what I'm trying to do with these intro songs. Bring new flavor to people who haven't heard some hip-hop, uh, either artists or songs. And uh, also have some correlation with the topic matters we are covering, too. Okay. Yeah, definitely. If you listen to the the first few lyrics there, like I think it speaks true to our theme this evening, which we'll touch upon here in just a second. By the way, shout out to Christian here at the Shared Universe Podcast Studio. We haven't seen him in a, in a few months, so usually it's Ming with us, but always nice to have a a familiar but fresh face in in the house with us. Lou, last week I mentioned how many good pass rushers there are in the NFL. I think I might have bitten off more than I could chew. I was trying to tell you this. With trying to take the entire defensive back landscape into this, not just dividing and conquering amongst cornerbacks and safeties. Because we tossed around the idea of the top 10 cornerbacks. That would have been pretty difficult in itself, as I found out, kind of compiling my list. But then I got this brain damage, to quote Eminem type idea, that we should look at the top 10 defensive backs Mixing in the safety position. When you told me that, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so basically, I took an already difficult task and made it seemingly impossible. Kind of like my wife. <laughs> Sorry, Kid, Chris, Christina, kidding. he doesn't mean yeah, that. I'm he just, doesn't mean just that. Sho- this is just for shock value. I smacked him. You can't <laughs> see in the video, but I smacked him in the back of the head. Um, I do have a disclaimer statement. So, And I'll let you add your thoughts on this. But just like the, I would say that past rushers list to me some similar things that when determining my top 10 it really isn't all about the stats like the sexy ones the interceptions sacks tackles pff ratings sometimes to me the lack of stats tells the entire story no one's throwing to you so what did you did you find the same when you were going through yours you're gonna be so proud of me because you know i'm the analytics stats guy right yes yes but I watched a boatload of tape Love it. on these cornerbacks and safeties. Love it. And I have documented scouting reports on what makes them so good uh, with some of these guys. You're, I, I had to step up my game because cornerbacks is your area. It is. Pa- pass rushers are mine, but and uh, offensive linemen are mine, but this is your area. And I'm like, I got to step up my game here. So, Lou, I'm going to hold my, my cheat sheet out in front of you. Um, I think that I've been spending too much time with you because you rubbed off on me where I was like, Nobody's just going to trust my eyes and what I saw in tape and whatnot, even though I trust it and I believe it. So I dug really deep to find metrics. And half the time when I'm going through these analytics, I'm like, what do I even care about this? Like, what does this even mean? Does it even support my statement? So there's some good ones. There's probably some not so good ones. But I told you when we were walking in, you're not going to like my list. I'm totally fine with it. I am the subject matter expert in this area. You were last week. And we still came out all right. Uh, so yeah. we'll come out all right tonight. Hey, right? you finished second last week, you know. <laughs> You're such an asshole. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna bring this full circle for us. So l- last week I threw a random question out at you that was more of like a trivia question around sack leaders. If I had to ask you to name the top two defensive backs you have seen in your lifetime as an NFL fan, what two names immediately jump out at you? Um, Neon Dion, Primetown Sanders, Primetime Sanders. Uh, there's one, uh, okay. What about Champ? Champ Allen? Sure. 
I, there's another one I like, but so, I'm so not gonna, I, no, I, can't, can I can't. Because he's on this list? Maybe. Wow. So for me, it's Dion, of course. The other one's Ronnie Lott. Um, I thought Ronnie Lott was super applicable to this conversation because mm-hmm. most people forget he was drafted to play corner in the yeah, league. that's right. Most people remember him as Lonnie Lott, the devastating hitter that he was coming into the box playing strong safety for the 49ers, played some free safety in his life. I have another. I have a, I do have a trivia for you. Okay. In 1981, as a rookie, Ronnie Lott intercepted seven passes, returned three of those for touchdowns as a rookie, but still finished second in the Defensive Rookie of the Year voting. Do you know who finished first? LT? That's correct. Ah, I'm, so, I'm so fucking wow. good. Wow. All right. You redeemed t- yourself from the Reggie White last week. Dude, I, I was quick with that, too. That was quick. See, I, I mean... It oh, seems sorry. like an obvious one. This is not safe for work, this podcast, by yeah, the way. Yeah. So I was dropping F-bombs. This is our time. We pay to be here, yeah. so we're going to say whatever we want. All right. So no secret. Tonight, top 10 defensive backs. Working as always as we do. Ass backwards from 10 to 1. You always have the honor, sir. Go ahead. Tell me who's number 10. All right. So I think when this player was selected in the 2018 draft, it was a bit of like a head uh, scratcher. To a lot of people, in fact, I'm going to file suit and shock the millions of listeners that we have with the inclusion of this individual. So coming at number 10, I have Denzel Ward. All right. I think that might be a little shocking name. Uh, You want to know what type of uh, player Denzel Ward is? Go ahead. Google his tackle against Tyler Boyd, where he slides underneath the block and tackles Boyd for a loss. This guy is a straight up dog. I mentioned this before. I believe during our draft coverage when we are talking about Asante Samuel Jr., the league is getting shiftier at the wide receiver position, the long, lanky, physical cornerbacks, your IE, your Richard Shermans, your Brandon Browners of the world are being replaced by your quick-footed, lean, explosive cornerbacks. Ward's ability to change direction and recover allows him to be aggressive and attack the football in the air. Uh, I straight up love Ward. Uh, He recorded now, you know, I have to say some uh, stats. He recorded coverage grades of at least 72 in each of his first three seasons in the league and allowed just 51.4% of the passes thrown into his coverage to be completed. Let's go over his last year, okay? Ward finished the season with a 72 coverage rating, number one among qualified cornerbacks last year. What is coverage rating? Uh, you may ask, it's an efficiency metric incorporating target rate, pass breakups, and catch rate allowed. He also led the way with a 4.4 yards per target allowed as well. But wait, there's more. Ward allowed just 36 of 80 targets sent his way to be completed, a league best completion rate of just 45%, which is actually the lowest among any other cornerbacks or defensive backs I have on this list, by the way. Those looking his way in 2020 posted a career uh, posted a, a passer rating of just 64.2, which ranked him third. Last year, his worst game was four catches on nine targets for 61 yards, and it was for the uh, against the New York Giants. Listen to some of the games he had: uh, Week one against Baltimore, one catch, one target, 12 yards. Week three against Washington, one catch, four targets, negative five yards. Week six against Pittsburgh, two catches, three targets, four y- 14 yards. Week 8 against Las Vegas, one catch, three targets, two yards. Week 11 against Philly, two catches on eight targets for 13 yards. The guy can ball. Yeah, Denzel Ward is a hell of a player. I think what excites me more about you having him on his list is it already tells me that our lists are going to be drastically different from one on another. There. And it's Listen, again... There are far more secondary players, and yeah. then we're balancing between corners and safety. So how many corners are you going to have? How many corners am I going to have? How many yeah. safeties are going to have? How many safeties am I going to have, et cetera? I think I have a fair balance. I'm sure you probably do, too, because you probably took that into consideration. Listen, Denzel Ward's a hell of a player. You just mentioned the tackle against uh, Tyler Boyd. It's something that I would never get out of my head either. The skill, the technique, that was the like wherewithal to do type. it. That yeah. was like I Matrix-type shit. Just uber-athletic, uber-athletic. Yeah. Um, Keep me honest here, because you did more research on him than I probably did. Some injury concerns, no? Let's take a look. Yeah, there are. Right? So I'm I'm justifying my excuse for him not being here. That's fine. Availability is the best ability, blah, blah, blah. But I say that like tongue-in-cheek, because I have a couple guys on here that probably have yeah, similar exactly. concerns, and they're, I ranked, hope, they're ranked much higher than 10. I promise you that. All right, let's, all right, who do you got at 10? All right, 10. I'm going to bet it's not on your list either. 28-year-old cornerback from the New York Giants, James Bradbury. He was close. Okay. So 
I, I always like to start with like 2020 stats leading in. So he only had two picks last year, broke up 18 passes. That's a heck of a lot in a season. Forced two, for, um, two forced fumbles. It was a pro ball season for him. Had a 79.8 PFF grade. That's tied for third amongst all the cornerbacks that I had on my list to narrow down. Lou, to me, James Bradbury is one of the most underrated defensive players in the entire league. The tape tells way more than the stats do. Just keep in mind where he came from, from New York. So he came from the Carolina Panthers, sat in Josh Norman's shadow for a little while. Mm -hmm. I think arguably he was way better than Josh Norman um, in terms of just skill set and what he brought to the team. So why do I bring that up? Well, because this man faced Mike Evans two times a year. He faced Michael Thomas two times a year. And he faced Julio Jones two times a year. Three, All three of those made it into our top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. And he faced them a combined six times a year. So in 2020, um, he lined up against Mike Evans. He allowed four for 57. DK Metcalf, four for 62. Robert Woods, four for four. And I know you're like, oh, Robert Woods, but no, no. Robert Woods is a baller. He's not a scrub. No, no, he's not a scrub at all. And they scheme him open. That's what the Rams do, mm-hmm. right? Only allowed one receiver to go over 100 yards last year, DeAndre Hopkins. Excusable. In 2019 versus Michael Thomas, yes, he allowed 14 total catches in two games, but for 113 yards. That's eight yards a catch. That's not bad. DeAndre Hopkins in tw- uh, 2019, five for 41. Julio Jones in one game, four for 64. I'm going to go back to 2018 and show you his consistency. Two games versus Julio, he had eight for 99. In one of those, it was three for 22 in one game. Mike Evans in two games, five for 68. One of 16, one catch for 16 yards in one of those games. And in Michael Thomas for two games, he had eight for 64. He's a big body corner. Mm-hmm. He's 6'1, 205. He can bump and run. He can bang with the big receivers in the league. I personally think in 2020, he was a top three overall coverage corner in the league, playing on a poor defense, certainly deserving of his 2020 um, pro ball recognition, maybe even deserving so uh, more so in previous years based on who he would go against. So James Bradbury is my 10th overall well, defense Gi- in the league. Well, Giants fan, if you want to be – he's not on my list. And if you want to be pissed at me, don't. You should be p- pissed at Weston. I have him ranked 11th amongst my defensive backs. And guess that what? Counts. That counts. Hold on. If we didn't incorporate safeties into this list too, yeah. guess where he would be? He would be in my top. He'd be six or seven, maybe, right? If we didn't have safeties. By right. the way, how many uh, uh, Denzel Ward didn't le- uh, let anyone have 100 yards last year? Okay. All right, all right. So getting to my number nine. Last year. Did you go back further? <laughs> all right. So getting to my number nine. Uh, can you name the number one overall PFF graded safety over the last two years? If you give me a second, I can. Ah, I, have it on my list somewhere. <laughs> I didn't have LT on my list. All right, all right. No, I, I can't, Lou. I can't. Okay. Justin Simmons comes in at number nine. Simmons is the only safety who's put up a 90-plus grade over the last two years. Since becoming a full-time starter in 2018, Simmons has displayed tremendous durability by playing every defensive snap. That's over 3,067 snaps per next-gen stats. That's the longest active streak uh, by any player, including playoffs. Simmons turned into a strong st- turned a, a strong campaign in 2020, where he totaled a career high of five interceptions to go along with nine pa- uh, pass breakups. Dating to 2018, only two safeties have hauled in at least 12 interceptions in the regular season per PFF. Simmons and a player to be named later. Last year, Simmons ranked second among safeties with 77 solo tackles. That's what stands out to me about Simmons. He's a complete player. He's solid in coverage, and he's sound in the running game. Last three years, if he did an average of his interceptions and his tackles, he's averaged four interceptions, 71 solo tackles. That's the definition of consistency with Simmons. No arguments detected here. You'll find out why in a moment. Ah. A few moments, actually. Um Love everything about Justin Simmons' game, and fortunately for me, I'm going to get a moment to rant and rave about him in okay. short order as well. So number nine for me, 25-year-old free safety from the Arizona Cardinals, Buda Baker. Let's not forget that this man just has literally the best name in football, right? Like, you can't make that up. 
Buddha Baker. Mm-hmm. And he just looks and feels like Buddha running around there. I love me some Buddha. <laughs> he has also now changed his jersey number three times in his four seasons of the NFL. That has to be a record for like a non-practice squad player, <laughs> right? Like for somebody who is in your starting lineup. Another one that I don't have a listen, last year, two picks, six pass breakups, one force fumble, 118 tackles. Um, pretty impressive. But to me, he just lines up all over the field, over top, in the box, in the slot. He's a gamer. Like, this is one of the ones that just put on the tape and dispute me about it. Like, he's in the mix all the time. He's just a gamer. We've even seen him flash some ability as a blitzer. So I'd like, I'd like to see Arizona, not against the 49ers, but against other teams, do that a little bit more often because he can get to the quarterback. The biggest issue that he faces is the two career picks as a quote-unquote like free safety kind of changes the narrative on this guy. But he plays in the box a little bit more than your typical free safety does, right? Like he's going to man your tight end. He's going to take backs out of the backfield. Like he does a lot. But again, just turn on the turn on the film, watch this man sniff out every single play. He's the quarterback of this defense. He's the heart and soul for the Arizona Cardinal defense. Big hitter, sets the tone. Last two years, PFF grades of 75.3 and 71.4. I just mentioned how knock is kind of the knock has always been like his pass coverage ability. We know what he can do in the box. But last season he set a personal best with a PFF grade of 68.9 in coverage. So let's talk a little bit about the PFF, right? Like there are some some bandwidths. Yeah. The guys who achieved 90 plus PFFs are the unicorns. That doesn't actually happen. And then there's a run that you get a, a I would say a nomination for like how you stop the run, how you play against the run, how you play against the pass. Those numbers culminate. So 68.9 is not a terrible number for a safety from a coverage perspective. He's a three-time pro bowler and he's a two-time first team all pro. Buda Baker, number nine. I like Buddha's game. Comes from the University of Washington, which we did state. We love, we love Washington, Washington DBs. Yeah, yeah we, we do. do. So uh, he actually is not on my list. Even my uh, uh, my other notables list doesn't mean I don't, I don't think he's a, a good player. It's just that that's how deep when you start incorporating safeties and cornerbacks. It gets different, man. Yeah. It gets different. All right. So, Weston, I was watching this show called Wild Kratz. Do you know what that is? It's on PBS. It's a show I was watching. I know my, what Thundercats is. Not, Wild Kratz? Yeah, Never. Wild Kratz. Is, it's a PBS show. I was watching with my daughter, Grayson. Shout out, Gray. It's a cartoon that talks about like the natural aspects of animals. And did you know a honey badger eats porcupines and poisonous snakes, raids beehives for honey, kidnaps baby cheetahs, and steals food from lions? Guess where, guess where I'm going with this? I know where you're going. You does you all the dirty it, work, If man. you haven't guessed it by now, the next individual on my countdown is none other than Tyrone Matthew, a.k.a. the Honey Badger. It's amazing to watch him play because nine times out of ten, he's going up against players that are bigger and stronger than him, and yet he still has that I-don't-give-a-shit mentality and shuts them down. Matthew is so versatile, and he's truly a positionless player. He's Kansas City's Swiss Army knife. They use him at, at both safety positions – Slot cornerback and dime linebacker as well. And Tyrone, uh, Tyrone, <laughs> Tyrone uh, is a difference maker. He has a knack for making big plays at the most critical times. For example, the interceptions he had both in the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. The Honey Badger has the most all pro selections, three, by the way, among anyone else on my list. Since joining the Chiefs in 2019, he has 10 interceptions, 10 interceptions. That ranks him third in the league in that span, first among safeties, by the way. Also during that time frame, he has allowed a 66 passer rating in coverage, fifth in the NFL among those with a minimum of 100 targets in that span, lowest among safeties, according to PFF. And for those who think he's getting older and lost a step, last season he allowed a 62.7 completion percentage and just a 60.2 passer rating when targeted while notching a career high of six interceptions to go along with his nine defended passes. Love me some, Matthew. Me too. A lot. A lot. He's one of my favorite players in the league, and he plays for a team that I can't stand. Um, you can't I, stand? Shut up. I know. You see him twice a year. They just ripped out my heart in a very, very deep way. Um, what I will say about Matthau is it's a shame that he couldn't get his act together while he was a little bit younger. It took him a little bit longer to mature. I think he lost a couple years. I mean, he's still productive, still played well, but like... 
he floated around a little bit, right? Like if he didn't have those maturity issues, like he'd be on the he'd be on the same team. Like you don't let a man like that leave your locker room. And now he's redeemed himself. He he is a leader of that Kansas City Chief defense. Mm-hmm. I'll stop there because I also will be talking about this individual in short order. All right. Number eight for me. Probably another one that's not on your. I love this. Right. We're not even like close to in lockstep right now. But this is just how. Like, let's pause for a second here. We watch football differently, right? And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, if you're building a team, you're looking at something different than I'm looking at, right? There's, you see in the NFL, there's no right way, there's no wrong way to build the team, right? That's why there's so much turnover and who wins unless you're the New England Patriots and have that dynasty. But that's like, A, will never happen again, right? Like, it's just what what suits your coaching style and what suits your need. Number eight for me is 24-year-old free safety from the Cincinnati Bengals, Ooh. Jesse Bates the third. That's a good one. Bro, he's not on your list, right? No, he's okay. on my notables. Okay. Three picks, 15 passes defensed as a free safety. I'm going to talk in a minute about how difficult that is to do. A forced fumble, 109 tackles. You know what 109 tackles tells me as a free safety? He's coming up to lick and he's ready to play. He had the highest PFF rating of all safeties in 2021 with a 90.1. I just talked about how 90 is like yeah. not really attainable, and he did so. He's one of two players with a PFF cover grade of 90 plus. He's another one of those guys. Look at the, just look at the film. He's always around the football. Always around the football. I mentioned 15 passes deflected and how difficult that is to do in the middle of the field from the middle of the field. Think about how much ground he has to cover. He's mm-hmm. not in a wide receiver's hip, right? So even if it's a slant, a dig, a post, whatever it is over the middle that's coming into his territory, he still has to cover 25 to 30 yards of field, read the quarterback to get in the, the line of that pass. Very, very hard to do. I would say good free safeties are probably somewhere in that 8 to 10 passes defense in a year because usually when they get there, they're also picking it off, right, mm-hmm. when they read it that well. So to me, he's just a playmaker. He's got that closing speed, can shut down any play, runner pass. Um, again, another one that I threw stats out the window. Look at the tape. I am pounding the table for this man, and I promise you, he will be a name that is more recognizable over the next two to three seasons if he continues to stay healthy. He's just not a household name because he plays for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'd argue that he plays on a on a defensive scheme that completely botches and mismanages what his skill set is. He is the best player on that defense, and they don't take advantage of it. I got to interrupt you because here you are, you threw amazing stats, and he's fantastic. How hard is it for someone like that that's so good to keep up that motivation when your team and your defense is so bad, but he keeps on showing up time in and time out? And one other thing. you got to like the mental makeup of him. Yes, and I will say this. A couple weeks ago, you made made a bet with me. Yep. You want to double or nothing? I'm going to ask you where he's from. What do I owe you, five? You owe me five. I'm going to ask you now. From? Hold on, I do know this. I do know this. I do I'll know give you this. A hint. Wake Forest. Yes, we're even. We're even, baby. I did right. know that. No. Wake Forest, and it's look, look, look. Just a proof. It's not written no, down on not. any sheet or anywhere. But I did know that. No. Okay. All right. I'm not as solid with college as you, but I I remember because when I was researching and yep. doing some stuff, I was like, this man played in the ACC. He played at Wake Forest. Yep. Yep. Uh, again, not a household name, yep. but you'll hear more about him. Okay. I think what's going to be. You talked about his like mental makeup and how to keep that like motivation. I think what will help is if their offense continues to improve mm-hmm. and they find of themselves course. in games, maybe it motivates you to to go out there and continue to make plays. All right. Well, going from your safety to who I think is the best safety in the game. Now coming in at number seven, I have Minka Fitzpatrick. Like I said, I think he's the best safety in the, in the game. And what stands out to me is that back- means you got a lot of corners left, huh? What stands out to me <laughs> is back in 2019, Minka was traded from the Dolphins to the Steelers during the season. So here comes Minka to a completely different scheme. All new teammates, completely un- unfamiliar with the personnel and the scheme. And all he did when he arrived in Pittsburgh was notch five interceptions in one touchdown. Mid-season trade. Well, not mid-season, early season trade. Now, he now has nine picks and 20 pass breakups over the last two seasons, including the playoffs. 
Since he was traded from Miami to Pittsburgh after week two of 2019, the Steelers' defense has ranked nearly top two in every major defensive category. A huge leap after ranking the bottom half before 2019. That 2018, they were not good. That, my friend, is what we call a game changer. Fitzpatrick, who has nine interceptions since joining the Steelers, re- recorded more forced incompletions, eight, than receptions allowed, seven. He also notched a career-high 11 pass breakups while allowing a completion percentage of just 50%. When targeted, Fitzpatrick gave up just 65.7 passer rating. If Fitzpatrick gets his hands on the ball, woo, watch out, because he's a threat to score every time. The guy has three touchdowns during four-year tenure being in the league, which basically ranks him first among any other player on my countdown. I have some great names on this countdown. He's always a threat to score when he intercepts those ball, when he intercepts that ball. Gamer. Yep. I, there's just some people who are gamers, man. Like you. And he could play corner. Uh, he could he, play any he, position he on play, defense. He could he play. play he could play weak side linebacker. Yeah, dude. He he's he just got an yep. instinct for the football. I know a lot of people are going to kill me on that statement. Who I who I say he's the best uh, safety in the league. I know one person who won't. <laughs> and I'll get to it in a minute. Number seven for me. 25-year-old cornerback from the Baltimore Ravens, Marlon Humphrey. Last year, one pick, 11 passes defensed, eight forced fumbles. I'm just going to pause there a minute. Eight forced fumbles. For a cornerback. Do you know who led the league in forced fumbles last year? Had to be him. Marlon Humphrey as a cornerback. Two and a half sacks. He made 82 tackles as a corner. Four for a loss. Do you know what this means? This man plays near the line of scrimmage. But now I'm going to talk to you about also what he does in the passing game for his defense. In 2020, he had a PF rating of 76.1. He was ranked 43 on PFN's top 100 players list. Top 100 players. In 2020, he had eight forced fumbles we just talked about. He's physical, loves to tackle. Not a single receiver that he matched up against last year for more than 70% of the snaps in the game had over 80 yards receiving. I know the one pick does not look like an all-pro stat, but the, the tape tells me no lies. This guy, eight Forced fumbles, game-changing plays in big-time spots, difference maker. That's what you're looking for on defense. That's who belongs in top 10 lists, guys who change outcomes of games. In 2019, he only allowed one receiver to go over 70 yards. So I just talked to you about how in 2020, only one went over, um, nobody had over 80. Only one went over 70 in 2019. To me, what I love, you know how I love my versatile players. You talk about Swiss Army Knife. So he's not quite a Swiss Army Knife, but he is super versatile lining up in the slot or outside. Honestly, Lou, this is one of those guys that in three to four years, when you think like he's like kind of like running out of gas as a corner in this league, he's going to move to safety safety. and he's going to play another five or six years and make pro balls in all pro teams. Um, This guy, he ranks in the 87th percentile for both outside corner and slot corner. So that means wherever you put him on the field, match him up against a receiver, and you're 87% better than the rest of the league what's out there. That's crazy. Um, What I think I love most about him is the defense that he plays in. It just Mm -hmm. fits his scheme. I was just talking about how Jesse Bates is not utilized accordingly. Baltimore deploys this man the right way. They run Mostly man to man. Now they got some benefit. They got some good corners on that team, right? So they can afford to like lock up. But it's what he excels in. Very few defenses do that right now. Everything is a disguised zone of some sorts, mm-hmm. cover an area versus a man. Um, but to me, he's a cornerback that bolsters the pass rush because put him on an island. I'm whoever he he's guarding, two time pro bowler, one time first team all pro, and there'll be many more years just like that. You stole a lot of my thunder. Is he next? No. I, uh, next, I have Nick Bosa. Nah. <laughs> Nick Bosa. All kidding aside. No, next I do for my number sixth ranked player is Marlon Humphrey. So, yes, you said you basically said everything that I was going to say. But I will say this. Uh, what's impressive is because whatever the Ravens ask him to do, he does. So, for example, the Ravens you know, uh, acquired Marcus Peters and they have Jimmy Smith. And they said, hey, Humphrey, would you mind playing the slot? And that's and of course 
He said yes, which is fantastic because usually the cornerback position is about me, myself, and I. So the fact that he's so selfless in that regard and showed such a high ability to play both on the boundary and the slot uh, shows a testament of who he is truly as a, as, as a player in the NFL. Uh, I think you said he had eight fumbles, right? Eight, some, <laughs> I think it was eight forced fumbles. So let me, let me uh, double check. That, so if you think that number sounds ridiculous, it is. Because let me tell you something. That's the second most in NFL history by a cornerback. Can you guess number one? Give me an era. Uh, we've seen him play. Charles Woodson. No. Peanut Tillman. Yes! <laughs> Peanut! It had to be because of that punch, that, that punch. peanut punch. So Peanut had 10. Humphrey had 8. He had 10 he had in the season. Oh my and God. then uh, uh, third, the third-ranked uh, defensive back had 6. Can you guess who the six, who the third-ranked guy was? Have we seen him play? Yes. No, I can't guess. Peanut Tillman. <laughs> <laughs> so all kidding aside, uh, uh, yeah, the fact that that, that eight number, that fumble, sounds ridiculous. I'm re- being repetitive because it really is the second most of NFL history for a cornerback. And he just keeps on continuing morphing his game to fit the mold of the Baltimore defense, as he showed last year, because he was they used him as a blitzer last year. You know, he had a uh, you know, he had a couple, I think he had a couple uh, two and a half sacks last year. So the fact that they, whatever they ask him to do, he does and does it at a high level. And I'll leave it with this. Marlon Humphreys just has one fewer force incompletion than Stefan Gilmore since 2018, which is uh, 36 incompletions. That's fourth amongst cornerbacks per PFF. Yeah, he's, he's a baller, yep. dude. He's a lot to like about him. Well, so I don't feel bad stealing your thunder because that's the first time I've done that. You have stole mine three times already. Yep. So number six for me is... The Honey Badger. Ooh, I stole a lot. I can't believe this guy's still sub-30, yeah. you know? Um, it just feels like he's been in the league for so long. But I know he came out young out of LSU anyway. Mm-hmm. Six picks last year. That leads all safeties, right? Mm-hmm. Nine passes defense, which I'd like a little bit more from him because he does play all over the field, um, not just a traditional free safety position. But to me, Lou, what's the, the best thing about him is just – Big-time players show up in big-time spots, and this guy does. You know, like, it just is what it is. Like, a big play is needed on defense, you can count on the Honey Badger. He's unquestionably the leader of every defense he's been on. You, What I love is you described everything that a Honey Badger does. You like that, don't you? I love it because— That's because of my daughter, though. It doesn't matter. But he's called the Honey Badger for a reason, right? He puts in the dirty work and makes plays and makes a difference. His, you called him a Swiss Army knife, right? I have right here. His versatility is always going to be his staple. He does it all. He tackles well. He covers well. He does anything that the defensive coordinator can ask of him. They want to put if the, if the DC asks him to line up in the nine technique, he do in a nine wide. He do it, and he probably do it well. Yo, I seen a, t- a play where he came down from the safety position uh, and the guard pulled. Uh, and he took the guard on, and he blew up. He blew up the the play. Yeah, the probably got right into his thighs, and uh, yeah, he blew up the play. And, and uh, the running back got tackled for a loss. And he goes, "You like that fat boy? Yeah, like, I, dude, this guy does not care. Does not care. And you have to to, to play the yeah. the the brand of football that he does. Yeah. Two time Pro Bowler, three time First Team All Pro. And what I love is he's a member of the All Decade Team in the two thousand tens. Right, like. This guy's probably a Hall of Famer if he keeps it going for another year or two, just because he does it so differently and so not traditional compared to the other defensive backs you see in the league. And no matter where he goes, he performs. Even that that stint with Houston. Houston. Yeah. All right. Number five. Number five. Halfway through. Let's start picking up the pace here. When a player receives a Defensive Player of the Year award and does so as a cornerback, you know the individual is a special talent. And that is what Stefan Gilmore did back in 2019. So, yes, coming at number five, I have Stefan Gilmore. Gilmore is a savvy technician and does a fantastic job using his hands in bump-and-run coverage to disrupt uh, the routes of wide receivers. I mean, the dude's violent at the line of scrimmage trying to redirect those wide receivers. Basically, his plan is to you know eliminate any uh, slants, drags, or uh, you know in routes. And he just wants them to run, keep on running fades. You know, that's all he, that's, that, that's his plan. He's extremely physical and is a short tackler. I've seen him numerous times throw his entire body at a ball carrier just to end, uh, upend them. In 2019, Gilmore had six interceptions and two touchdowns and notched his second season in a row where he broke up 20 passes. I pause for a reason there. He, he, I know. He allowed a completion percentage of 48.4 and 50.5. In this two, is 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so he, in 2018, 2019, he had a completion, he allowed a completion percentage of 48.4 and 50.5. Staying with that completion percentage theme, Gilmore has forced 37 incompletions since 2018, tied for the second most in the NFL at that position. Per PFF, Gilmore recorded three straight coverage grades of at least 85 in that New England defense. Now, he slipped a little bit down on my list this year because of his 2020 play. Even though he did only allow two games last year over 60 yards, it was uh, 63 yards against Miami, 92 against Seattle, Gilmore still only recovered just one interception, two pass breakups on 42 targets, and allowed a career high of 96.7 passer rating in his coverage. It's this type of subpar performance that attributed to his 58.5 coverage grade, according to PFF. However, if I am playing devil's advocate here, how much is that really attributed to all the starters opting out uh, with New England, right? A lack of supporting cast. Totally different defense. Yeah. Or, once again, playing another uh, devil's advocate here. Is it age? He's about to be 31. Is it injuries starting to pile up? I don't know. I'd be a little more bullish on him if he played more of a uh, zone, if he's more of a zone cornerback than a, a man cornerback, because I feel like zone cornerbacks, you can hide them a little longer as they get longer in the tooth. But uh, he does come in at number five, and he's a tremendous talent. He's super good. Yeah. Um, this was the hardest thing for me building this list, is not having Stefan Gilmore on my list. True. I know. You can walk out. I totally get it. I almost walked out on myself and canceled the show because I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. There's a couple reasons why I did, though, Lou. I love the player. He's definitely getting long in the tooth. And this is a and the brand of football he plays is not sustainable at his age anymore. I hope he balls out. He probably will, that I'm saying this. But here's... You don't respect your elders. I First do. Von Miller, now him. So last year, I'm older than both of these guys. So I don't respect the youth in this league. Um, <laughs> So what what stands out to me about it, though, is like last year was a really down year coming off of a defensive player of the year. You can say all the things you want to say, but then I watched his colleague on the opposite side of the field, JC Jackson, who I contemplated putting on my list. I, I have met uh, 13 or 14. Yeah. I watched him ball out and balled out when people were shying away from Stefan Gilmore and throwing at him, and I watched him play. The other thing I worry a little bit about is too much of the speculation of them trying to offload Stefan Gilmore this year. And part of it's contract, yeah. part of it's something else. And here's why I think it's something else. Just announced this morning that Sean Wade, who is literally a recent draft pick. He's of, not a corner, bro. He's that a they're trying to bring him in. Uh, they're, they're, they, they're, they got him. They got him, right? Yeah. So, again, there's just too much writing on the wall, regardless of like, I, I agree. I think Sean Wade is in the NFL is probably more of a safety more than he's in a corner yeah. because he's not athletically gifted enough to stay with yep. some of these receivers. But there's just too much for me. And again, I was going with the mentality, the best ones going into 2021. And I, I, I don't think... believe that Stefan Gilmore is that anymore. Wow. If this was just corners, he's in my top 10 corner list. Yeah. But I have some other positions here. All right, so. let's go ahead. Number five for me. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you should start now with the Stefan Gilmore. Um, number five for me, 27 year old free safety from the Denver Broncos, Justin Simmons. Okay. I'm probably more bullish on him than, than you are. I think he is an elite player in the NFL. He had five picks last year. That was second for, among safeties. He was second among safeties last year. Um, 96 tackles. That's 10th amongst all safeties in the NFL this year. So he covers well, comes yeah, up and plays the run yeah. well. He does it all well. All evidenced by the huge contract extension that he got in the offseason. Lou, when we were talking about free agency and we brought up Denver, what did we both agree was the number one priority of who they needed to be back? Justin Simmons. 100%. And there's a reason why. And the reason is actually in the stats. He is more of your traditional free safety that likes and prefers to roam the field. Um Almost bless you. and But he covers well, but he can match up with tight ends. He can match up with running backs. I'm actually going to go ahead and predict that his next year stats are going to be even better based on the additions of Patrick Sertain in the draft and Kyle Fuller in free agency. I think that's going to free him up to be even more of a field general to read and react and trust his instinct to fly to the ball, especially in a Vic Fangio defense. It's going to let him go. So you know, I'll uh, Deshaun Goldston. Do you remember the, the 2011 year where Deshaun Goldston had like eight picks, did everything well? That's what you can expect from Justin Simmons next year. I see no lies here, actually. No. 
All right, getting uh, starting to get close to the top uh, top of the list, top of the countdown. I have coming at number four, Tre'Davious White. When it comes to being one of the best playmaking cornerbacks in the league, White is right up there with another player to be later to named on this countdown. He's very cerebral. All right, I was watching him. His eyes is always on the quarterback, and you think that would get him lost in coverage, but it doesn't because he diagnoses route concepts so quickly. It's that aspect of his game that makes him a difference maker. I was just—he's unlike any other cornerback. He's literally not even looking at the receiver. He's literally looking at the court. The eyes are always in the backfield. Yeah, always, always in the backfield. So in 2019, White tied for the league league in interceptions with Stephon Gilmore, and Anthony Harris with six interceptions. In all, 17.1 percent of his targets into his coverage have resulted in either a pass breakup or interception over his career. That's a top five mark among qualifiers at the cornerback position. How many cornerbacks can say they have 12 interceptions in their first three years and an average allowed completion percentage of only 52.4 over the previous two? Add in. From last year, another three interceptions, 11 passes uh, deflections, and 57 combined tackles to his resume. It's easy to see why White is starting to become one of those feared cornerbacks in the league. His 15 interceptions and uh, 54 passes defended uh, defended, and 19 takeaways for his career each rank him in the top six in the NFL since he entered the league. He also stands out as one of the better zone coverage cornerbacks in the NFL, ranking him in the 94th percentile of all cornerbacks during the 2020 season. The last couple of years, Buffalo has used him more like a la Marlon Humphrey, uh, we, we just talked about before, as a blitzer. And you can tell by him getting to the quarterback more often. He had one sack in 2019 and one and a half in 2020. White is an ascending player, in my personal opinion. I, I'm going down the record and say, I love Tredavious White. Love him. Also a difficult, so I wish you could see like the footprint if I clicked like my back arrow in my Google Doc like a thousand times, you'll see how many times that he interchanges on my list between like eight and ten. And eventually oh, he's on your list. He's not on my list. Davis White's not on my list. And the wow. reason why he's not on my list, dude. Weston, hot. After, after is the what show you just you, talked about. Hot, hot. After the show, give your Twitter handle so people can yell at you. I can't listen, I a hundred percent will. I'll give it right now. At Smith and Weston, it's it's simple. I don't even know if I have a ten in there. Maybe it's ten. I don't know. Um, in any case, you'll be posting it, so it's there anyway, and be tagging me in it. Love Tre'Davious White. The one thing that stands out for me, and this is a red flag for me again, if I'm is is his level of aggressiveness. He, for every big play he makes, he's getting burned too because his eyes are in the backfield and he does lose sight of that receiver every once in a while. I think he benefited from having a really good secondary around him with like Poyer and on. other people. I got to interrupt you here. When we're doing our draft coverage, Asante Samuel was one of your favorite, Junior was one of your favorite players and you were ooh and ah how great his yep. father played. Yeah. and What did his father play? They play for? an aggressive brand of football. But I'm now talking about my top 10 uh, defensive backs in the league the guy, versus the drafting gets, somebody that went in the second round. He yes, he does. Yes, he does. And he game-changing plays. But he gives up some game-changing plays, too. Dude, I love Tredavious White. I love everything about him. because he's you don't not love a, him enough. Dude, if this was top 10 corners, he's in the list. But I have a lot of safeties on my list. Wow. Um, all right, number four for me. Go ahead. 24-year-old cornerback. From the Green Bay Packers, Jari Alexander. I got some advanced metrics on here because I really wanted to back up this conversation because okay. I wasn't certain he'd be on your list. So I wanted to make sure I got everything out of this that I possibly could. And this is where I channeled my inner Lou. So last year, not the sexiest stats. One pick, 13 passes, defense, a forced fumble, 51 tackles, two for a loss, yada, yada, yada. In 2020, he was number seven overall in the NFL in yards allowed per reception. He was number three overall in yards allowed per target. He was tied for number one in pass breakups. 2020 efficiency ratings. So these are advanced metrics efficiency ratings. A coverage rating of 54.9%. That's number two overall in the NFL. A burn rate of 0%. That is number one in the NFL. A catch rate allowed of 53.6%. That is number nine in the NFL. In 2020, he did not allow a single receiver to go above 76 yards receiving. Do you know who had 76 yards receiving on him? No. Michael Pittman from the Colts. 
He owned Lou. This is this is what stat blew my mind. If this was just off of 2020, he could have been number one off of this stat alone. Only allowed 353 yards receiving all season, including two postseason games. Mm -hmm. That is mind boggling. This is an island position, right? Like I just talked about someone like Tredavious White, right? Like make big plays, game changing plays, but you're going to give them up. I don't care who you are. Dion gave them up. Champ Bailey gave them up. Daryl Green gave them up. They all give them up. This is the only person that I went and found this stat for. So his wins above replacement was worth 1.4 games. That is more than half a win more than any other cornerback in the league. Simply put, he was the best cornerback in football in 2020. There's just no argument about it. Statistically, I have one other, two others. Last two years, PFF grade in 2020 had a 90.5 as a corner. In 2019, 73. He's a, he earned his first pro ball last year. He's going to earn more. This kid can play, and he's still only 24 years old. Yeah, I love Alexander's game. I do. Uh, and the fact that he play, he does this as a man cornerback, I think that's even more impressive because it's so much easier to play zone. 100%. And, and man. And the fact – I'm a big fan of Al- – I, I am a big fan of Alexander. So I, I think that's a great selection there. To your point, it's easier to play zone, right? Like Richard Sherman made a living off this yeah. in a cover three's going. So he never puts his eyes on the receiver. Yeah. He's always in the backfield. Someone like Tredavious White who plays a little bit more man-to-man. That's why it's a risk for me. This guy, he's just okay. – more to come from. All right. <clears throat> so I think I'm on three, right? Yep. Xavier Howard. Is comes at number three for me. The first thing that pops out, obviously, is playmaking ability, and he has a skill set to take the ball away. There's no denying that. He has seasons with four, seven, and now ten interceptions during his five-year career, proving his ball production is not a fluke. Howard's best play is the best playmaking cornerback in the NFL. Since entering the league in 2016, 18.7% of his targets in coverage have either resulted in a pass breakup or an interception leading all cornerbacks who have been targeted at least 150 times over those five years. Quarterbacks only completed 52.4% of their passes in 2018 when they targeted Howard. Uh, Last year, he was the league leader in takeaways with 10 and passes defended with 20 in 2020. Once again, quarterbacks found little success when looking his way last year. Uh, He had a passer rating of 51.4%, was number one among all cornerbacks. He also ranked number six in both coverage rating and catch rate allowed. This was thanks to no small a part of his ability to get his hand on the ball, as I spoke to earlier. Howard broke up 17 passes, one fewer than Jerry Alexander, aforementioned before, and also had two separate streaks of four and five consecutive games with interception during the 2020 season. All right, let me repeat that again because that could be a little confusing. He had a streak last year of four games in a row when he had interceptions. Then he had another streak later on with five games in a row with interceptions. Bonkers. Yeah. Last but not certainly not least, for all you PFF truthers out there, Howard was second highest graded cornerback in 2020 with 87.3. Who was number one? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Love Xavier and Howard. Um, we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah, you looked a little deflated there. No, not. I, I have a buffer in between. Okay. So my number three overall 24-year-old free safety from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Minka Fitzpatrick. I would agree with you. I do think he is the best safety in the National Football League. You know what the most important thing to keep in mind about Minka Fitzpatrick is he's from New Jersey, baby. He went to St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City, New Jersey. Represent. Jersey's here. So here's the real deal. His stats, they all translate to you're a stud of a playmaker. Simply put, he's all over the field. He's got a nose for the football. What does that all mean to me? His football IQ is off the charts. Always seems to be in... Some people are like, some players are just lucky. No, like, there's a lot to be said for being in the right place at the right time because you know your assignment and you know what the other team's going to do. You put in the work. Good players get lucky. Luck always favors the good. It's just the way that it goes. And luck favors the prepared. It's just the way it is. Um, And I, I have a note right here. That's not luck at the NFL level. That's called instinct. And I have instinct in capital letters. Now, here's some truth about Minka's game. He does have some, like spectacular games that like tend to fluff numbers a little bit. 
but teams scheme away from him. He's one of those guys you do everything you possibly can. You're, you're check audible, and if he's walking down and he's coming up over on your tight end, guess what? You're checking and you're running away from it, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're, you know, you're you're adjusting the play based on his movements. The best thing that ever happened to his career was getting trading traded out of Miami, going to Pittsburgh, where he got to play that more natural, free roaming position at free safety, where it's like, we're gonna trust you, we're gonna trust what you see. Go make a play and go make a home run play. He's another so PFF grades when I think about consistency, 79 and a half in 2020, 79.8 in 2019, uh, 2019. I know what I'm getting from my captain of my secondary, mm-hmm. right? Like that matters. I'm gonna get slaughtered for this, so I'm gonna clarify. I don't think these two are the same players. Um but because of the team that he plays for now and the type of impact that he has in the middle of a game. They were, they were awful before he got there. It's Palomalo-esque. Just don't tell me it's not. Like, he finds the football. Now, is he hurtling over the, like, you know, at the snap and tackling more, people in the backfield? He's more controlled. controlled more yeah. controlled. Plays a Saban guy. Comes from a little bit more of a disciplined defense. Like, read your keys. Like, don't just go off total gut, if you will. But he's that type of difference maker for this defense. And that's why he's number three for me, and I think he's the best safety in football. Yeah, yeah. Side note, I would say there's no individual I think is better than him, but the best ability is availability. So uh, me personally, I think Derwin could be the best if he just gets stays on the field. Bro, if Derwin even had a healthy season last year or played 13 games, yeah. he's on this list. Yeah. His ability is Undeniable yeah, what he does. I hope he That's does, it. man. Yeah, right. I do too. Like yeah. not just for your sake, it's good like, for football. It's great for football when yeah. he's healthy. Uh, my runner-up for best cornerback doesn't get a lot of attention because he doesn't have a lot of interceptions like some of the other people on this countdown. But don't let that fool you. The guy's a baller, and coming in at number two, I have. Jari Alexander. All right. Dude, I am so happy right now. I know. So I, I hope I make you proud here because I watched a lot of film on him. I, I am very proud. Okay. So in 2019, Alexander forced 16 incompletions, which ranked him second at his position. When watching Alexander, I was very impressed with how good he is in man coverage, which like we stated before, is like a dying art. Everything's transitioning to zone defenses. What stands out to me when watching his film is his play recognition and his closing speed. It's phenomenal. I've seen him execute uh, perfect trap coverage where he peels off his assignment to break up a pass on a wide receiver he wasn't even supposed to be on to guard another uh, receiver against New Orleans. It was a, you got to look at that play. I also love how he plays bigger than his size. He put the clamps on both A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith when Green Bay played the Titans, and he's able to do so because he's so technically sound. When watching him, you're going to notice he's always in the hip pocket of a wide receiver and does an amazing job getting his hands on passes for that breakup. And then I found my eyes did not deceive me because last year he had a league-leading 18 passes uh, breakups and a meager 5.4 yards per target, which ranked him third amongst his peers. You stated Alexander allowed just 353 receiving yards all season. That's 24 yards a game. Across 18 games. Yeah, that's 24. That is insane. Yeah. Uh, in Week 12, when he uh, went up against the, uh, the Bears' Allen Robinson, he just allowed five receptions for 47 yards on 12 targets. And Allen Robinson's another baller as well. Uh, last six weeks of the season, Alexander allowed 12 receptions on 31 targets for 94 yards. You stated his PFF, uh, he was the highest defensive grade amongst corners at 90.5. And that's in part because of it. he just allowed 50% of his targets thrown his way to be completed. This t- tied him with someone else as well, the second lowest mark. Uh, we'll probably be talking about him in a little bit. I'm sure nine point. I'm sure his 9.1 yards allowed per completion is 4.7 yards, yards per target allowed. Didn't hurt him as well. And he only allowed two touchdowns last year. Oh, well, you already know how I feel yep. about the man because I already talked about him. So I'm surprised you have him on that list. <laughs> I was a little nervous. I thought you'd have him lower, to be honest with you. But then when I kind of saw your face as I was going through him, I was like, like, whoa, he's got him higher than I do right now. Um, So I'm going to blow through my number two because we don't have a ton of time. And I want to give number one the time that's deserved. So number two for me is Xavier Howard. You covered a lot of things. Um, There's like two stats that I want to rattle off. I am a little concerned about injuries with him because in his rookie year, he only played in seven games, wasn't a full-time starter until 2017. In 2018, 
He only played 12 games, but still had seven picks. Only five games in 2019, but did have a full season last year, right? And look, it equated to an all-pro season, and you rattled off 10 picks, all the stats. Since 2016, 18.7% of his targets have resulted in either a pick or a pass breakup. That leads all cornerbacks who have been targeted at least 150 times in that five-year span. Some advanced metrics, 0.68 yards on target separation, that's number two over on it. So he's stuck to you like glue mm-hmm. in terms of you know separating. 20 pass deflections, coverage rating 47.6, that's six overall. Catch rate allowed 52 and a half, six point, number six overall. Pass rating allowed 51.4, number one overall. All top 10 metrics all mean he's worthy of this spot. Um, he does have some blow up games, right? Like he, DK hit him for 193 last year. That's mm-hmm. like pretty crazy. But a guy. He gambles a little bit. Um, I, I knocked Tredavious White for that, but I can't knock him when I see 10 picks, 20 pass breakups. Right? Those those things, yep. it worked out for him this year. Let's see if it works out moving forward. So yeah. he's my number two. I'm 100% confident we have the same person. You want to get a little one. crazy here? You want to get a little crazy? I think for uh, – I'm talking about two dragons here. No. Uh, <laughs> two dragons. Uh, Got a little more brass sugar on mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for this next player, I'm not going to talk about stats. I want to talk about what I saw. I'll talk about stats. Yeah, I got plenty for this guy. We right are now. doing some role play right, here. Right. Things are getting kinky it's in the w- Share Podcast Studio. Christian, close your eyes in the <laughs> studio. It's going to okay, get ugly. So obviously, <laughs> number one, we have Jalen Ramsey. And let me tell you, I'm assuming. Am I, am I wrong? No, you are not cor- incorrect. Okay. So, Nick Bosa. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me tell you about Jalen Ramsey. I have a man crush on this guy. This guy is by far. You were asking me before. It was Deion Sanders, and I said Champ Bailey. Just so this is one of those guys. No, okay. he, I have him ahead of Champ Bailey, bro. Okay. That's how much I I believe he's one of the best scouted. Uh, I, I he's one of my favorite cornerbacks I ever scouted. He's ever. He's all. He's everything. He is has been he's not, advertised. He's, he's to an be. alpha player. Yeah, you yeah. Know. He's super alpha. Okay, so he's your prototypical cornerback, and by far the best one. Like I said, I ever scouted. I want to start with his measurables. They're elite. He's 6'1", 208. Guess what I'm about to bring back? Raz. Oh, no. His relative God. athletic score is 9.84. He ran a 4'4", 140-yard dash and a 41.5 vertical jump. Insane. Next, I want to analyze his game. He's uber-physical, plays with aggression. It's controlled aggression, but it's still aggression. It's calculated. Yes. He has fantastic recovery and closing speed. He's a superb technician. And lastly, by far, he's the best tackling cornerback in the NFL. Look at his hits against Amari Cooper. People, you got you to gotta YouTube this. Uh, look at his hits against Amari Cooper, Golden Tate, Mike Evans, Melvin Gordon. And he's had some epic licks against DeAndre Hopkins, too. When he retires from football, this guy can go to WWE. And I'm telling you, that's how sound like his his body slams are. Another one who can go to safety. Okay, exactly, yeah. You know. Uh, I'm going to let you do with the, the the stats, but I do want to say one sec. I have to, I'm He always goes against the best receivers, the, the right? One, yep. And, and don't two, be running off games right now. Just kind of I got to do one. One game. One game. In two games he matched up with DeAndre Hopkins, who's by the way our, Our number, number one, one wide, wide receiver. receiver. Yep. He was tar- the Hopkins was targeted 20 times. He allowed 10 receptions for 76 combined yards. In two against, games. Against our number one right. wide receiver. Thank you for leaving some meat on the bone. Uh, because I you, you let no, me that, go with some stats. No, that's it. No more stats right. for me. So you said everything right. Like, this is when I was leading in and saying sometimes the stats don't tell the story. This is the guy, yeah. right? Because the sexy, the, the picks, the whatnot. Because... You do, at all costs, you stay away from him. He takes your number one player out of the game on offense. When he was in Jacksonville, he was the best player on that football team. Cover three, Forget that cover defense. Three scheme. Yes. Fits him perfectly. Goes to the Rams, plays man. He actually moved, uh, uh, Staley moved him around, uh, slot cornerback. He played everywhere last year. Star position, yes. Yeah. So he's a chess piece, right? Like, And he's a gamer. And you mentioned he talks smack with the best of them because A, 
he backs it up. B, he knows how to get under people's skin and rub you the wrong way. A la AJ Green. Oh, oh my God. He <laughs> roughed AJ Green up so bad. Telling him he was AJ trash ain't... after pl- every play. Yeah, but AJ knocked him. And if you're not careful, he might knock your sister up, give her two kids, and bounce on her, and you brawl with her after the game. Golden Tate, I'm looking at you. Like, this happens, right? So... <laughs> You said he's imposing, right? He's big physical corner, lines up all over the field, matches up against your number one. He's going to talk all sorts of smack. I'm not even going to get into the PFFs, right? Like, I'm going to get into what the tape would show you if you watch the tape. So, to me, the moment is never too big for this man. You, I gave, I let you go in and talk about just his matchup against DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to talk about some other premier receivers in the league that just this year, right? Like, just 2020. So, week one... He had a rough week yep. against your boy Amari Cooper, where he gave up eight receptions. He only gave up 24 catches the remainder of the year. The remainder. He gave up fewer than 25 yards receiving in a game 11 times. That's insane. Stefan Diggs, two catches, 13 yards. Who led the league in receiving it last year? Golden Tate, two for 11. That was per- I had to that throw was, him off. That was, that's where I was going to lead in with the sisters. That was personal. Yeah, yeah. That, like, that was serious. Debo Samuel. Is actually arguably had the most success against him. Three for 55. Allen Robinson, four for 35. DK Metcalf, four for 42. Mike Evans, five for 47. Debo again, two for 44. DeAndre Hopkins, you talked about six for 36 in one game, four for 40 in another game. And again, DK, six for 71. Bro, it's, it's, I feel the same way about him that I feel about Aaron Donald when we talked about pass rushers. He's just in a league all by himself. He can play, like, he can play you zones, can, man, anything. I can use the word elite, but I would use that for a lot of these guys. Like He's elite squared, right? Mm-hmm. He's on the next level. The only difference between the way that we feel about him is I don't have a man crush on him because he— Sometimes his style of play just rubs me. The, like I find myself—plus I have to play against him now twice a yeah. year, so I find myself like— Please, somebody just make him look bad so he has to eat his own words. I find myself wishing for that more often than I'm like rooting for him to do well. Like a boomer. <laughs> like a boomer. Yeah, I am totally a fucker. I'm so old, bro. I don't even know what to do anymore. The The piece here, though, is I'm hard-pressed to find – there might only be two or three pl- other players in the league that I respect their game at the level that I respect what he does. Yep. I, I – not nearly at the level that he did, but I played that position, and I once upon a time was a pretty good player at that position, and I wish I could talk the amount of trash that he did and did back it up. Did you also score up. four touchdowns at Polkai? <laughs> Al Bundy. Of reference. course I did. I know the Al Bundy <laughs> reference. No, three, not but, uh, at Polkai, but. <laughs> but uh, all kidding aside, the Rams, the fact that they have the best pass rusher in our on our page and the best cornerback, but then they have nothing else on that de- defense. But yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's just truly remarkable. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because we talked about some fringe players. Darius Williams is another budding star that's in that secondary. We'll statistically, see. he had an arguably we'll, way better year than we'll, Jalen Ramsey we'll did. See. Statistically. Staley's not there, so how much is it with the Staley? Yeah. So one thing that I'm very glad about, that I'm very glad that neither of us had Jamal Adams on this list because it'd be too easy to put him yeah. on this I had, list. Uh, I had Marcus uh, Williams up there, too. I had Marcus Williams up there. I actually had um, John Johnson, who you know I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of, up this far. Uh, I told you I toyed with J.C. Jackson. Yes, I had J.C. Jackson. Tredavious White I toyed with. The other one that you called a homer pick was Jimmy Ward that I had really close to this list. Um, Again, you only know – you're going to say a homer (laughs) pick because I know more about him because he plays for my team. But this dude has played slot corner. He's played outside the numbers. He's played free safety. He's played strong safety for this team. If you go look at his PFF ratings year over year, they equate to every single player that is on this list. If you were to average out their performance over the last two or three years, dude, his nickname is The Eraser. Like He does a lot. The reason why you don't know about him is because he's only intercepted two passes in his entire career. Womp, womp. Dude, he's a player. (laughs) That's your challenge. Is to go look up because I know you didn't even look at them. No. Go look at the the statistics you would normally put together for these people, and watch a little tape. I couldn't have them in the top fifteen. No, no. 
Maybe that's the Homer side, right? Exactly. That he made it into my top 15 top and 30? had consideration for this. Yeah. No, dude. If he's not in your top 20, you're not watching the right film. All right. So we are done with our top 10 series. We really appreciate everybody entertaining us. We're filling some gaps here um, to get through the preseason, the lulls of preseason football and carry us through the offseason. Our hope is to come back next week, talk a little bit about fantasy. We know we're cutting it really, really close to a lot of your drafts. Some of you will have already drafted, um, we hope. But it's going to be kind of our like I, I definitely want people to tune tune into this because it's going to be like our first like freestyle type show like yeah we're like we're going to talk over a beat and just go back yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. Like- <laughs> and yeah and if it doesn't rhyme your statements and you're automatically cut off it's going to be like wilding out Nick Cannon style <laughs> um, but no what we're gonna what I want to do Lou to like put a little bit of a theme to it we want to talk strategy. I want to talk, you know, maybe some sleepers. So my ask is when you're preparing for this show, prepare for it like you're preparing for one of your fantasy drafts. We've been playing in fantasy leagues for 20 years. There's not a topic that I can't throw at you that you're not equipped to speak about I mean, as I it did, relates to fantasy football. And I, I don't want to hear about how many fantasy trophies no, you No, no, I'll say it for the show, my accolades. I will say I just, uh, did just finish uh, ranking 68 running backs today. Uh, today. I haven't even done a, a mock draft yet, <laughs> and my first draft is tomorrow night. Yeah. I have another one on Saturday, um, but that's how I go in. I go in off my mind, like I come into these shows. It's off my mind, off of what I see. And um, yeah, last but not least, you guys got to follow us at WTF Pod NFL. Don't be a stranger, man. Yeah, and big shout out again to um, Christian for joining us tonight. Um, we certainly enjoy his company, and we love being in the studio, a shared universe podcast studio. If you're doing some podcasts of your own, I, I encourage you to come check you out. I think they're in Eaton Town. They're in Bell Works here in Holmdale, New Jersey, and they always put on a great show for us. So appreciate you listening. We'll catch up with you all next week.